show them to all. Today's office bonus off you dollar. We are starting 23 lines up from the bottom, the third to last word on the line. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Morris Miriam Sarah, Basar Yaakov Maisha, Hernish Shamashad Avanolio, Halili Nishmas, Morris Rivka, Basar Mayor Zev, Hernish Shamashad Avanolio. Now we're in the middle of discussing Loisus Gaidu, which was explained as Loisasu Agudis Agudais don't make groups in Klal Yisrael. According to Rashi, that means that if some parts of Klal Yisrael keep halacha this way and others that way, it looks as if there's multiple tires, Chas Shalom, as opposed to one tire received at Har Sinai. The Gemara continues talking about that Tashma. In the place of Rebbe Lezer, they would cut down wood on Shabbos in order to make coals, in order to make iron for an iron implement, for a knife, for a milah on Shabbos. And in the place of Rebbe they would eat bird meat with milk. The Pesach says, Don't cook a goat in its mother's milk. And he holds that only something whose mother has milk is an issue of Basar B'chalav. Birds' mothers don't have milk, so there's no issue of Basar B'chalav with birds. But the question is from the first part of the Bari, so what do we see from here? In the place of Rebbe Lezer, they would cut down this wood to make coals to make iron on Shabbos, but in the place of Rebbe Kiva, they would not do so. The Tanya have a Brayas, a Klal Am Rebbe Kiva, Rebbe Kiva said a rule, Kom Lacha Sheaf Shalas Yisma Erev Shabbos, and Im Lacha was able to be done on Erev Shabbos, Einu Deichas HaShabbos, it's not Deichas Shabbos. Since we could have made the Mila knife before Shabbos, we're not allowed to do anything on Shabbos in order to make the Mila knife. The Bris Mila itself is allowed to be done on Shabbos according to Rebbe Kiva, but to make the Mila knife, that's not allowed to be done before Shabbos. But we see from here we have an issue of Lysus Gaidu, and Rebbe Kiva's place they did one thing, Rebbe Lezer's place they did a different thing. The Gemara asks, Why is this a question? We've already said previously that if we have two different areas and they do two different things, that's not a problem. If in Brooklyn they do one thing and Lakewood they do a different thing, that's not a problem. So Gamar says, You're right. Udakarla, my Karla, the one that asked this question, why did he even bother asking this question? He already knew the answer of Makayim is Makayim Shani. The answer is, We thought that Mishum Chum de Shabbos Kemakam Echadami, because Shabbos is much more Chumar, we would think that it's considered like one place, even though it's two different places. Kamashmal and the Chidash is two different places is not a problem, even when we're dealing with Shabbos. Tashma, another time that Raya Drebbe Voki, Ikola Asri Drebbe Shubin Levin Rebbe Voki would visit the place of Rebbe Shubin Levi, he would carry a candle. This candle was lit before Shabbos. It burned into Shabbos and then got extinguished on Shabbos. He would carry this candle in the place of Rabbi Shuvah Malevi because he held that it's not Muktah. When he visited Rabbi Yechonon's area, he would not carry this candle because he held it was Muktah. We see from here an issue of Lysus Gadidu, two different things in two different places. The Gemara asks, Why is this a question? Didn't we already say that two different places there's no problem of Lysus Gadidu? So the Gemara answers, This is really what we're saying. How could Rabbi Vo do something in one place like this and another place do something else? Rabbi Vo himself has to be consistent with his own shita. The Gemara answers Rabbi Vo, Rabbi Shubin Levi, Sreli. Rabbi Vo really holds like Rabbi Shubin Levi that there's no problem of carrying this candle, there's no issue of Mukta. But when he visited the area of Rabbi he would not carry out of honor and respect Rabbi Yechanan. Ask Gemara, what about his attendant, his Shamesh? He might learn from his Rabbi, Rabbi Vo, and he might end up carrying the candle in the place of Rabbi Yechanan, and we would still have this issue. We say, the Maidalele Shamesh, he would just tell his shamash, he would tell his servant not to do so. And now going back to something we were discussing previously. In the course of discussing Loisus Gaidu, the Gemara brought up the discussion of whether or not Beishamai acted upon their shita in the Mishnah. Let's remember, Beisham Beisel argued if Tsaris Erva is permitted to the brother. Beishamai allows Tsaris Erva, and therefore there's a mitzvah of either Yibam or Chalitza. If Chalitza happens, then this woman is usher to marry a kain because she is a Chalitza. If Yibam happens, then all is well. And if the Yavim dies, this woman is allowed to marry a kain because she's a regular Almana. Hill, on the other hand, holds that Tsaris Erva is usher to the brother. Therefore, no Yibam or Chalitza. If Chalitza happens, she isn't usher to a kain because she isn't a chalutza, and if Yibam happens, she becomes usher to a kain because she married someone usher to her. The question we addressed previously, and we're going to bring up now all the way till the end of today's daf and going even into tomorrow's daf, that even though Beishamai holds that she's permitted to the Yavam, did they really act upon that? Did Beishamai really allow the Yavam to marry Tsaris Erva, or was it just something theoretical, but they never actually acted upon it? So Tashmai, we an attempt to arrive from our Mishnah. In the Mishnah says, even though these Asr and these Matar, Beishamai, 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 Beishamai,
other's camps. If you want to say they didn't act upon their that's why they wouldn't withhold marrying women from each other because they really hold the same thing. But if you want to say they acted upon their shitas, why wouldn't they withhold from marrying women from each other? And we continue analyzing this. We can understand that Beishamai wouldn't withhold marrying women from Beishillel because at worst, the children of such a marriage would just be children of a union that are chavilavin to each other. Because according to Beishillel, Tsaras Erva can marry whomever she wants without needing chalitza, but according to Beishamai, she needs chalitza. And if she marries without chalitza, she's marrying an Israelav. So even if this marriage did take place and a child was born, the child isn't a mamzer, so it's understandable that Beishamai would marry women from Beishil, because worst case scenario, the woman might be born from a marriage which is an Israelav. Why wouldn't Beishil withhold from marrying women from Beishamai? If two people are also to marry each other because they're Chai Vikrisis, so those kids are Mamzerim. According to Beishil, Tsar's Erva is not to marry the brother and the Isra is Kares because it's a regular case of Eshaz Ach. If this marriage happens, then according to Beishil, the kids born would be Mamzerim. Why would they not withhold marrying women from Beishamai? If you want to suggest the Beishil holds that there's no Mamzer if it's born of a union of Chai Vikrisis, and the only Mamzer we can have is if it's born of a union of Chai Vimisa. If these two people are going to be Chai Misa if they're with each other, then we're going to have a Mamzer. But Chai Vikrisis is not going to produce a Mamzer. But my Belazer, Belazer says, even though Beisham Beis Hill argue regarding the Tsars, they both agree that there's only going to be a Mamzer if the Isra is Erva and the punishment is Kares. So Beis Hill would say that there's a Mamzer coming out of this union. Why would they not refrain from marrying women from Beis It must be that Beisham did not act upon their Shita, and that's why Beis Hill would marry women from Beisham The Gemara says, that's not a Raya. Really, Beisham would act upon their Shita, and they would marry these women. It's just that the Mayilhu Parshi, Beisham would tell Beis Hill, these people are okay for you to marry, and these people are not okay for you to marry because, according to you, these people are Mamzerim. And Mahachinam is it's logical to say that. The Tony Sefer, the end of the Mishnah, says, Anytime there's a discussion of Tomatar, that these would say is really Toma, and these would say is Tahar, the ones of Beisham is held that were Machmir with Taharis, they would not withhold from barring these Kalim from each other, even though, according to one, it was Tahar, and according to the other, it was Tome. Now, how is that possible they wouldn't withhold barring these Kalim from each other? That they would tell them, according to you, this is Tar. According to you, this is Tomei. That's why they wouldn't withhold barring these kids from each other. They knew which ones were Tomei, which ones were Tar. If you want to say they didn't tell them, we could still understand the Beishamai would borrow Kalim from Beishil because that which Beishil says is Tomei, Beishamai says is Tar anyway, so they don't mind borrowing from Beishil. But why wouldn't Beishil refrain from borrowing from Beishamai? That which Beishamai says is okay, according to Beis Hill, is considered Tomei. El-Lav, it must be the mighty Luhu that Beishamai would tell Beis Hill, according to you, this is Tomei, so don't borrow it. Shema Amino, we see from here that they would tell them, this is Tomei, this is Tar, and by the same token, they would tell them, these women are okay for you, and these women are not okay for you. Ask the Gemara, my Omei Dehach Mehach, why is it we have greater riot from the Sefer of the Mishnah when we're dealing with Toma and Tara, as opposed to the first part of the Mishnah when we're dealing with marriage? The Gemara answers, Isla. you might say that the Tzara, she has a call. Of course, we're going to know if this child was born from a union of a Tzara marrying the brother, and therefore there's no reason to notify anyone about that because we already know about it. Kamashman, the Chiddush is, they would still tell them about it even though there is a coil. And now analyzing something that we just mentioned. Gufa, Amr Belazar, Afal Pishanechul Beisham Beisil B'Tzaras, even though Beisham Beisil argue whether or not the brothers lied to marry the Tzara, Maidim She'in Mamzer El Mishi Yisuri Isra Erva Va'anush Kares, they both agree that there's no Mamzer unless we're talking about something where there's an Isra and Erva and the punishment would be Kares. Now we ask Man Maidim, who's agreeing with whom? Even if you want to say Beisham Beisil, Beisham is agreeing to Beisil, that Beisham agrees to Beisil, that if Tzara's Erva marries without Khalid, so the child is not a mamzer. Pshita, that's obvious the child's not a mamzer. B'nei chavi lav and ksher ninhu. Someone that's born out of a union that the Isra is a lav, so of course those children are kosher and they're not mamzerim. 
that they would agree that if the Yava marries Tsaras Erva, the children are not Mamzerim? How could that be? That itself is a case of Isser Karis. So how could we say that the children are not Mamzerim? So we answer it's really agreeing to Beis Hill that the children are not Mamzerim. And even though we said that's obvious, it's only Lafukim and Rabbi Akiva to exclude that which Rabbi Kiva says. The Amr Yesh Mamzerim Rabbi Kiva says that if a child is born from an Isser Lav, that child is a Mamzer. Kamash Malam, we learn from there that Beis Shah and Beis Hill both agree, not like Rabbi Kiva, to in Mamzer Lavin, that there is no Mamzer born out of a union, that the Isser is an Isser Lav. Now back to discussion of Asu versus Loy Asu. Tashma, we have a bride, so Afbi Shanechu Beis Shah and Beis Hill, but Tsaris. Even though Beis Hill and Beis Shah may argue regarding the Tsaris, Ubachayis, in the case of sisters, we're going to see this on Gemara Davchavhav, the Get Yashan with an old Get. This is referring to a person who wrote a Get, and then before giving it, he lived with his wife again. Ubasafik Eshes Ish, and a case of Safik Eshes Ish, which is Machlekes, what that is. Ubamagash session, the case where a person divorced his wife, Vilan even Pundak, but then they slept together in an inn. We know that they were Miyachid with each other, but we do not know if they were intimate with each other. Bekasav, Bishava Kasav, Vipruta, Bishava Pruta. All these cases are subject to Machlekes between Beisham and Hillel, whether or not the woman is still considered married. Even though in all these cases, Beisham held this way and Beishil held that way, did not withhold from marrying women from the others. And Lamedchas teaches you they had love and friendship for each other, and keeping to the Pasuk, love, truth, and peace. Reb Shimon says, they did withhold from marrying women that were Asr Bevadai, but they didn't withhold from marrying women that were Asr Besafik. Now here's our attempted Raya. If you want to say Asu, that they did act upon their nimnu, so that's why they would withhold from marrying these women. If you want to say they didn't really act upon their Shita, and they agreed with each other, Amai Nimnu, so why would they withhold from marrying women from each other? They really agreed. In actuality, they did agree with each other's Shitas. Asking more of a Tizbra, is that really good way of understanding the Brayasa? Nei, Nami Asu. even if you want to say they did act upon their Shita, Bishlam and Beis Hill, Nimnu and Beis Shammai, we can understand that Beis Hill would withhold from marrying women from Beis Shammai, the Chavi Krisis Ninu, that's because they were born out of a union of Chavi Krisis, Umam Zayram, Hail Beis Hill, and therefore, according to Beis Hill, these women are Mam Zayram. El Beis Shammai, Amai Nimnu and Beis Hill. Why would Beis Shammai withhold from marrying women from Beis Hill? These children at worst are the children of Chavi Lavin, Uksherim Ninu, and their Kasher. So we have no Raya from this case of Asu or Loi Asu. So the Gemara answers because Amar of Nachman Yitzchak is like what Nachman Yitzchak said regarding something else. We're going to conclude today's Gemara with that Memra, Loi Nitzchah El Atma. We're talking about the Tsar herself. Hachinami, so too over here in our case, Loi Nitzchah El Atma. We're talking about the Tsar herself. Meaning we're not talking about marrying the children of such a union. We're talking about Beisham Bezhel marrying the Tsar in such a case. The Gemara asks, if that's so, Mashlam and why is it they would withhold from marrying someone who's Avadai, the Isuruhu? She's for sure Asur. Suffolk Nami, even in the case where the woman's a Suffolk, Isuruhu, that's still a case of Isser. We're talking about Suffolk Isser. So my answer is, you're right. Don't say they would marry someone who's a Suffolk, Ella Imaminastam. Say that they would marry a woman who's Stam, meaning no Shmua, nothing ever came out about her, that she's even a Suffolk. If nothing was said about her, then they would marry her. However, if something was said about her, then the Maidilhu Parshi, they would tell the other camp that this woman might be a Suffolk for you, and then they would withhold from marrying that woman. And Amai Kamashmon, so what's the Chiddush in such a case? Dav of Reyes Noigen Zebazeh, that they still had love and friendship for each other and they would still marry women from each other. Hainu Reisha. That's what we learned out of the Reisha. That's what the Tanakhama taught us. What's Reb Shimon teaching us? The Gemara answers, Hakamash Malon. What we're trying to learn is the cooler Reb Shimon he, this entire Brisa is Reb Shimon. And we learned that they had Ava and Reyes both from the Reisha and the Seifa and that whole thing is Reb Shimon. So now we have another tempted Raya. Toshma, the Amr Bechamanur, he said, How is that we're able to distribute? How is it that we're able to teach this halacha in Kla Yisrael? If we're going to pass and like Beishamai, so that means according to Beis Hill, this child is going to be a mamzer. Nasking the Rebbe Hill, if we're going to pass like Beis Hill, Havlad Pagam with the The child is going to be a Pagam, he's going to be blemished according to Beis Shammai. So practically in Klai Yisrael, how are we supposed to shtalvek this halacha? How are we supposed to keep to this halacha in Klai Yisrael? Rebbe Yechem suggests, let's make a takana for all these tsarists, 
Tsars, Erevat, Hezbav, Omer Alpha, and Tapshi, Uchotz, Zlom, that they should have only Chalitzas and not Yibum. And this would be in concession on both Beishamai's part and Beishelel's part. According to Beishamai, we would not allow Yibum, only Chalitza. According to Beishelel, we would allow them to marry someone else, but only after Chalitza, they would still need Chalitza. They can't just go free and marry someone else without Chalitza. However, they were not able to conclude this matter. The hour was taken away from them, meaning they didn't have enough time to conclude this, and the halacha was paskin like Beis Hillel, that they didn't need Chalitza at all. Now, Armelie Roshim Gamliel, Roshim Gamliel told Riyachanuri that your suggestion isn't good in the first place, because what would we do with the original Tsaras? If you're going to suggest that we should have to have Chalitza and not Yibam in this case, so what about the original Tsaras that did get married? Now we're going to analyze what Roshim Gamliel said. If you want to say, Asu, that they did act upon their Shita Hainuduk Amr Manasa, that's why he's saying, what are we going to do with the original Tsaras? The original Tsaras of Beishame that got married, their kids are going to turn out to be Mamzerim. That means there's a whole bunch of Mamzerim running around. But if you want to say that Beishame never really acted upon their Shita, my Manasa, what does Roshim Gamliel mean when he said, Manasa, what are we supposed to do? What's the problem? We're not have to do anything. Beishamai never actually married these Saras, so there aren't going to be any Mamzerim running around. It must be the Loi Asu. So Amar Menachem Yitzchak, Menachem Yitzchak said, Loi Nitzchak El Litzar Atzma. We're talking about the Tsar herself. And Umanasa Hachikamar. This is what we meant to say by Manasa. This is what Rabbi Shem Gamaliel meant. Hanach Tsars to Base Hill. These Tsars of Base Hill. According to Base Hill, these Tsars were allowed to marry Lashuk. They're allowed to marry anyone whom they want without needing Chalitza. Lebeishamai. According to Beishamai, Hechinavilhu. What should we do for them? According to Beishamai, these women really need Chalitza. So what are we supposed to do for them? Lechatzu. Should they now have to get Chalitza from the Yavam? Mimasi Agavrao, they're going to now become discussing in Mo's to their husbands. Because if they're going to get Chalitza now in the middle of their marriage, their husbands are going to look at them as if they were living with them Be'isra this entire time. And if you want to say, okay, fine, so their husbands are going to look at them a little bit wrong, no problem. At the end of the day, there isn't really an Isser. It's just a technicality they have to get Chalitza. But there really isn't an Isser. The reason why we're not going to want to do that is because the Pasuk says, its ways are ways of pleasantness. And all of its pathways are peace. And we don't want to cause discontent between a husband and a wife just because of a technicality, and therefore we're not going to have chalitza, and that's why we can't establish that they should have chalitza and not yibam. But bottom line is, we don't have a conclusive proof of asu versus loy asu. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow, continue to talk about this. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.